Hey, everybody. Welcome to Long Story Short, the podcast. I'm Megan. I'm Wendy. And today on the podcast, we're discussing the upside of being 40 plus. And <laughs> thank you for being here. For new listeners of the podcast, because we do have some new listeners, uh, welcome. A little backstory about what we do here every Tuesday. Those are our main episodes. We chat about life things that are important to us. And Thursdays are our bonus Hallmark episodes. Every week that there's a new Hallmark movie, there isn't one this week, but we will be back with an episode next week. If you want to follow us outside of the podcast, you can do that. We're on Instagram and TikTok as at Megan and Wendy, and you can hop into our Facebook group, which is Long Story Shorties. You can also send us your emails at meganandwendy at gmail.com. And a while back, we had asked for your stories about how you found us, and we got some really fun emails. So we'd love to know how you found the podcast and started listening. Throwback to last week's episode. Mm-hmm. We talked all about our thoughts about Love is Blind. Mm-hmm. And the reunion was on on Friday, and I thought it was delicious. Did you? I did. I enjoyed it quite a bit, too, especially Vanessa Lachey. Yeah. I was like, give it to them. Listen, I'm so happy. Everybody hates Shake, and I'm here for it. Yeah, and the funny thing is, no self-awareness. That dude did not come in there contrite. (laughs) He did not care that everybody thinks he is the villain. He came in to be like, yeah, I want to be able to put you on my shoulders. So what? Ugh, gross. Yeah, he did not come off smelling like a rose after that reunion. There was a Mm -hmm. chance for redemption for him to apologize, and he did not do that. No, no. But I just love, like, Vanessa Lachey was like, you're on the wrong dating show, dude. Yes. (laughs) Wrong show, dude. I wanted to prove that I'm not shallow. Turns out, in fact, I am. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I hope we get a new season of Love is Blind sooner than we got the second one. Yeah, I think we will. I think that was pandemic delayed. Did you see the uh, preview for their new show, also hosted by Nick and Vanessa? I did. That one feels icky to me. I don't even remember what it was, but I was like, I don't think I'm interested. The uh, premise is that couples have reached a point where one has issued an ultimatum, and so they go and then they... Oh, they like relationship yeah. with someone else, kind of like Temptation Island, is what it feels like to me. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and I then love... they at the end decide, like, oh, do I want to marry you or this other person that I've been randomly boning for three weeks? I don't really understand <laughs> how that is supposed to help. Like, is it supposed to be like know. the grass isn't greener on the other side, or is it... the beginning of relationships is not indicative of what a relationship is going to be like. But it may be the train wreck of our dreams. So maybe I do need to watch it. I don't know. I I love Temptation Island. Oh, the original Temptation Island was so good. Years and years ago. I I, I liked that. Two tickets to paradise. Yeah. That was appointment TV (laughs) for my husband and I. We loved it. Uh, Me too. We loved it so much. Oh, my God. So, um, you know, it was my other weekend. And I got to tell you, like, I'm exhausted not because of my birthday i'm just tired in general i feel like i turned 47 and i crashed into a brick wall i i hear you i don't know like what is wrong with me like everything hurts my body hurts i'm tired all the time is this normal is this normal well i have some thoughts tell me you did just have covid so I don't think you can fully discount this being some like leftover residual effect that's taking some time because even 
last time I had the flu years ago, it took like a solid month for my body to fully recover. Mm-hmm. Something a, to consider being a possibility. I'm a long hauler. <laughs> I don't think I wouldn't go that far. I just think that for some people, the recovery takes longer. Yeah, it's been a month since like I tested positive. But yeah, I still feel like shit from it. I think I, have, I looked up reasons you're always tired. Mm-hmm. Let's run through these. Mm hmm. Not getting enough high-quality sleep. Possibly. Everybody says I snore, so maybe. My husband told me I needed a CPAP last night, which, or I needed to go for a sleep study. But in all seriousness, I know several women that have CPAPs and or have had some sort of like sleep apnea, sleep disturbance treatment, and they mm-hmm. swear the second they used it, they were sleeping soundly and felt so much better in the morning. So I know the snoring is like a punchline, but something to yeah, consider. Yeah, yeah. All right. What else? Nutrient deficiencies. When was the last time? Well, yeah. Well, okay. I'm always, always like I um, vitamin D deficient always. Mm -hmm. And um, I get really taking a supplement just because I'm lazy about that stuff, as we've talked about here. And I'm also um, deficient in B12. And I have to go in for a shot for that every month. And I just get real lazy about doing that, too. Well, those are two. Yeah, both. Right. But both are listed as nutrients that have uh, deficiencies have been linked to fatigue. So maybe find a vitamin (laughs) D supplement that tastes like a Snickers. Yeah. I'm just laughing because, like, I know the answer to my question. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm just not taking the steps to make anything better about it. Uh, Do you consume too much caffeine? Not really. I don't think so. Okay. And inadequate hydration. Very likely. Yeah. I'm going to have to get that water bottle you've been talking about on Instagram. All over Instagram. <laughs> what is it, though? This is a serious question. Okay. What is it, serious in quotation marks, about water bottles that makes me constantly think I need a new one? I don't know. You, you have the Cadillac of water bottles, so I don't know why you're even looking at new ones but i've all i do i have the stanley i have used it every single day since i got it last summer i love it but every time someone shares their water bottle or stanley had a drop last week i did not buy a new one i have a comment on that when you're done or your reduce i'm like oh i need a pretty coral color for summer why why do i need a new color i can only use one water bottle at a time and then there's a new one that we shared we'll link in our show notes because Everyone has been talking about it to the point that it's also in my Instagram ads. And then it's on sale at Target this week. And so I'm thinking, is this the water bottle that's going to change my life? I will say that the difference between this particular Awala is the brand and the Stanley is it's leak proof where the Stanley is not. But I was thinking, where do I ever go? (laughs) I don't actually need it to be leak proof. I'm not going to the gym. I'm not going on a hike. It might tip over in your car, dude, when you're done with it and you throw it in the back seat. Okay, so I did see Stanley had a drop last week. Mm-hmm. We uh, Two people I follow on Instagram link to it. Mm-hmm. And I was maybe 12 hours too late. I like clicked on the link and everything was sold out. I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, that quickly? Give me a break. I have good news for you. What? The Stanley tumblers have been spotted in Target. What? They are not online yet, but they have been seen there. So keep your eyes peeled. 
Oh, I might have to go today and go look for one. Why? Because apparently I need more water so I don't feel like I'm hitting a brick wall. Right. And they have some fun colors. So that's just a heads up to all of our fellow water bottle fans because I know I am not alone. And then a friend of mine who's a dude was responding to our Instagram DMs this morning and he was like, I, what? I don't even understand. I said, I think you underestimate the power that new water bottles have over women. I don't think there's any explanation I could give you that would make this make sense. Well, back to me. So if anybody, you know, has suggestions, I just I need somebody to commiserate with. Like, please tell me, like, you feel the same way, you know, please. I I it's such a struggle because like my brain wants to go, 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 do, do, do. And my body's just like, nope, we're just going to sit here on this couch and watch 14 episodes of worst roommate ever or whatever you oh know? do i need so, to watch that show no it's murdery speaking of shows we need to watch <laughs> do you know who elizabeth holmes is indeed i do and a few years ago everyone was reading a book called bad blood i tried it's the elizabeth holmes theranos story and i tried very hard to read the book and i didn't enjoy it i f- honestly found the book boring i'm sorry people loved it i I found it boring. And there was no Amanda Seyfried acting her out in this absolutely brilliant way to make it compelling for me. Mm-hmm. And then there was a podcast called The Dropout, which is, of course, what inspired the TV series. So, yes, I do know who she is. Did you start watching The Dropout? I watched the first episode and I'm into it. Yeah. What's her name? Amanda what? Seyfried. She, she was in Mean Girls. <laughs> That's what yeah. I always know her from. She's great in it, right? Fantastic. I think she's nailed Elizabeth Holmes, like, to a T. Had you listened to the podcast? I did not, but I watched the 2020 special Oh, mm-hmm. probably, like, two years ago, and that was when I first learned about her. I, I, I It's interesting because I don't—I know the story, but, like, I keep wondering, like, was she, like, this brilliant girl— young lady who had this great idea and she just like got in over her head or was she like a con artist well i think having not seen the whole thing my feeling is she was brilliant very smart she had this idea that she thought would change the world and it didn't work and she was so desperate to be successful that when this didn't work she was like no no it it works. And who knows the level to which the deception goes? I mean, obviously, it didn't work and she gets caught. But I think maybe she's part con artist, part brilliant person who had an idea that didn't pan out. And it's funny that it comes out right on top of the, like, Anna Delvey. Yes, because Anna Delvey, to me, was a con artist. A hundred percent. She, to me, was stealing money for nothing in return. Also, Elizabeth Holmes was taking money for nothing in return. But, right. But I, I don't – it's different for me. It's different. I feel kind of like if she wasn't a woman, would it be this big story? Oh, if someone else had defrauded millions and millions yeah, and millions. Yeah, if she was just some Bernie Madoff or whatever his name is or some other white rich dude who had a big idea, like – would it be a 10-part movie starring a, you know, Academy Award-nominated actress or, you know what I mean? Well, and I do think 
you know, she has such distinct mannerisms. And I think that lends to the public's interest in the story. Because even when I think there was an HBO, I think there was another maybe it was the 2020, but I feel like there was another documentary featuring Mm -hmm actual Elizabeth Holmes and people were so blown away by her voice and her mannerisms and I think that's a real unique to women thing like we focus in on the way women speak if it's in a unique or irritating or notable way and I think that is definitely a female specific reaction that we have well, and the other thing is, like, she was involved with that guy who was, like, 20 years older than her. And now she's currently married to some dude that's 10 years younger than her. And so, oh. like, why is this even, like, significant to the story? And mm-hmm. it's just, it's very interesting. So the dropout is on Hulu. The first three episodes are out. I think it's a 10-episode show. And oh, wow. uh, I think they're released a couple every every week. I found the first one very compelling. I think it's really well done. Me too. Agree. Last week on our Pop Culture Club episode, I said I was in a podcast rut. I hadn't been listening to anything great. And that changed almost the very next day. A friend on Facebook. And I just need you to like (laughs) just deep breathe through this entire conversation because you're going to think I'm completely ridiculous and I own it. But a friend on Facebook mentioned that she was really into Draco Hermione fan fiction. And <laughs> look, okay. I, I have a lot to say. So there's there's a lot of parts to this. One, Go I've ahead. been a longtime fan of Harry Potter. That has gotten to be a complicated thing because of J.K. Rowling being a garbage human. And so, first of all, do you know what fan fiction is? It's like, it's stories that people write based on the original story, Right. Yes, exactly. So people take these characters and they make them their own. They change whatever they want. And so obviously there was no Draco-Hermione relationship in the books. They hated each other. They were enemies. But they're now adults in this particular series that I'm reading. Well, not reading. And it's this enemies to lovers storyline. Anyway, I had said, where does one go about finding this? And a friend of mine was DMing me on Facebook. And here's the thing with fan fiction. They're not like published books because the deal is you agree that you're not going to profit off of someone else's work. Like you can't take your Draco and Hermione fan fiction and publish it because they're not original ideas. Mm -hmm. So you have to read it on a phone or a tablet or a computer, which I'm not into. I I don't enjoy that. And so a friend said, you should try. There's a podcast. I imagine there's more than one of these that has been turned into a podcast. But one of the stories called Remain Nameless has been turned into a podcast. And as of this morning, I'm 33 episodes in, which is like 16 and a half hours. Oh, my God. Have you not been watching Summer House? You've been listening to this fan fiction? I did start Summer House, for what it's worth. All right, go ahead. this fan fiction has no commercials. So I'm into it. I can't stop listening. And... What the nice thing is to go back to the whole J.K. Rowling ruining my Harry Potter experience is these fan fiction writers have kind of reclaimed the universe. And this is a way to immerse yourself back in the universe without benefiting J.K. Rowling directly. So that I enjoy. What's the name again? The podcast is Remain Nameless. And And like the reader or author? Yes, she does all the voices. It's fantastic. She's great. Mm. Well... I'm happy for you. <laughs> I, I look. I just can't. I, I've never 
seen an entire Harry Potter movie. It's just not for me. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I'm happy for you. No, thank you. <laughs> okay. Let's take a quick break and we're going to come right back and talk about the upside of being 40. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Dormio. We have spent a lot of time talking about getting better sleep. Getting good sleep in your 40s is not an easy feat, and we're here to tell you that Dormio can help you do just that. I'm using a Dormio mattress topper and pillow. You know I'm a hot sleeper to the point that I've been known to take off my pajamas in the middle of the night, and this mattress topper breathes. It draws in cool air while expelling hot, humid air. Plus, I'm no longer waking up with an aching back from using a pillow that is way past its prime. Admit it, your pillow could probably use replacing too. It's like a brand new mattress without actually replacing your mattress. Additionally, Dormio offers a 100-night risk-free trial with no shipping or restocking fees. Visit dormiousa.com to get on your way to better sleep. We are back, and as mentioned, we're talking about the upsides of being 40, but first, Wendy just had a birthday. What did you do for your birthday? It was super low-key. We moved back into our house. That's very exciting. Um, I cleaned my bathroom. <laughs> then we went out to lunch, which was very nice, and then I came home and laid around for the rest of the night. It was great. Like, I had a great night, but then the next day I woke up not feeling well. Like, I have a sore throat, so... You know, it's fine. Like, I didn't need, like, a big hoopla over my birthday. It's just come and gone, and I'm okay with that. Well, that's good. We, <laughs> Wendy and I, have not yet celebrated Wendy's birthday. I love my birthday. So people are like, don't acknowledge my birthday. I'm like, I don't understand that. Please acknowledge my birthday excessively. No. Well, listen, I want my birthday acknowledged, and I thank everybody who sent me a text or showed up at my house and brought me something. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love that. I don't want to be forgotten. I am no Molly Ringwald in 16 Candles. Like, I <laughs> would be devastated if people forgot my birthday. I choose not to make a big deal out of it because I didn't want to make a big deal, deal out of it. You know what I mean? Yep. So, yeah. yeah that's where we're at. <sighs> so, I felt tasked to make this list of, like, what's the upside of being 40 as I was, like, laying on my bed going, oh, I'm tired. My body hurts. <laughs> what is the upside? I can't see it right now because I feel old AF, you know? Uh-huh. But I did. I, I came up with some. And so here's the first one. It is finally understanding my boundaries and knowing when to draw them. Yeah, that's huge. I, I don't, in your 20s, well, you know what? Maybe it was just me. It took years and years of therapy to figure out what my boundaries were and that it was okay to say, like, no. Mm -hmm, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So maybe there are people in their 20s and 30s or even younger that have a good grasp on that. But it has taken me until my mid-40s to figure it out. I don't. I think that is perhaps a generational thing. I think there are people, I have women specifically, who are younger than us that might be better than that because we talk about that sort of thing more. Mm -hmm. But nobody talked about boundaries when I was in my 20s. No, that's true, right? It's just like. Be a good girl and be a good employee and, you know, be all of these things and make everybody happy. That was my goal. Make people happy. The second thing is I know what I like and I know what I don't like. 
And I know that I don't want to make a big hoopla over my birthday. So (laughs) I did not. You know what I mean? Right. And I mean, that's very general. Like, I know that I don't like to get up in the morning or I know that I don't want to go on a hike. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to pretend yes. to like like these things because I want somebody to like me back or think I'm interesting or whatever. Like, no, this is who I am. You know, it feels kind of nice. We've talked about like I've felt like I I can't wear dresses. I don't want to wear dresses. Hey, you know what? I like wearing pants better. So I've decided that I'm not going to go on a search for dresses. I'm going to wear pants. And that is totally fine. Yes. Yes. You know, the next one is that few opinions matter to me. I will say that as a teenager, a 20-year-old, a 30-year-old, even 40-year-old, um, I was really concerned about, like, what everybody else thought about things and things about me or what what I was involved in or my child or my husband or or their views on politics or whatever. I, I don't care anymore. It's And it's not that I don't care. It's just like your opinion means very little to me. It's not, it's not weighted for me. I am not taking it into consideration in making my decisions. That's, that is, I think, the key point is your opinion is not influencing my decisions. I still, I think, am affected by positive, like when somebody has a positive opinion of me or a choice I've made, I admit that I enjoy that. Sure, who doesn't? But the same thing. If you don't like me or you I'm it's much easier for me to be like, well that's okay. Or you don't like that choice I've made for my kids. You know my kids are not hyper involved in activities. Mm-hmm. And sometimes where I live, I feel like if they don't have something that they're doing outside of school and just being kids I felt for a long time like they need to have a thing. They need to have a thing. And sometimes their thing is just being themselves, right? They know it's so letting go of that is something that I've hit in the past couple of years. Yeah. Are you ready for my next one? I'm ready. I can treat myself to nice things if I want. Mm -hmm. And it's not, I was, I was going back and forth with this one because it's not like a, it's like a, it's not like a money thing. Mm-hmm. It's like a, I remember being in my 20s and like really wanting something, but like couldn't afford it or was worried about the ramifications of like putting that on my credit card or stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, now I'm in a place in my life that I, if I want to buy a, face cream I can because I deserve it not because I can not because I can afford it or whatever and part of me is like yes that's ridiculous why would I buy a $100 face cream when I like the $12 one from Target you know what I mean but I feel just feel like I deserve things that I want and I don't have to make an excuse for it I don't that feels very like materialistic saying all that stuff. What do you think? I don't think it sounds materialistic. And I think if you stop and think about it, I think when 
our kids were little, like not even in our 20s, because when we're young and you can't afford anything, you buy the $12 face cream at Target because that is the luxury, right? (laughs) Being able to replace that. And it still is. And it still is to me. Like when I see a $12, I go, "Mm, can I get it for six? Yeah, of course. (laughs) If it's over $10, you're like, oh, well. I think the difference is like, okay, so you transition from your 20s into parenthood. And when we have kids, we spend a lot of money on them. And I spent many, 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 many years of my kids' youth where our disposable income went to things for my kids, nice things for my kids, Mm -hmm. nice spending money on classes that they were going to join or activities they were going to do or the 800 new pairs of shoes they need in a year or whatever it was. Like my kids always had newer clothes than I did. And I don't say this like, oh, I'm such a martyr because I'm absolutely not. But that is where our money was going, which was fine. But acknowledging that I am an equal member of this household and assuming it's not a financial burden, like it's not the difference between buying groceries and buying a face cream. Yes. That I have just as much value as everyone in the house. And so, yes, turning it around and spending that money on yourself is something that you can acknowledge that you are worth. Okay. You just said what I was trying to articulate in our notes last night and I couldn't find the words for it but it is that I am I have value Mm -hmm. that's it that's it that I have just as much value as like you know equal amount of value as everybody else in our house yeah Yeah, is that a mom thing uh I don't know I don't I don't it might be but talking about it now is like bringing up all this weird like stuff that I know that I've talked about in therapy is that I've always put myself like at the bottom me too um and I have been working on for a long time knowing that I I don't have to do to have value you know what I mean yeah yeah your value to your family does not come via your financial contribution and you don't have to make up for that by being x y and z by having the perfectly clean house and the perfectly yes. made dinners and there's not you don't have to earn the value in your household exactly yeah, yeah, because I have definitely spent years thinking like, well, there have been years I've made no money and I've never made the money my husband's made. And there have been years I thought, well, I need to make up for that by being X, Y and Z. And mm-hmm. I don't think that way anymore. Yeah, that's a that's a heavy one. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, and it's hard to think that way without feeling for me without feeling selfish. Yes, exactly. That's what that's when I was like writing this last night. I was like, I can treat myself to nice things. I was like, that sounds so like it it was kind of gross to me. But it's because if we like double click down into it, it's because I have equal value. That's what it comes down to for me. Yes. Thank you. You're you're welcome. I have talked myself out of planning so many different things. And I'm currently in the process of potentially planning somewhere by myself or I might take my daughter. And every time I think about going somewhere by myself, I have this moment where I think like, well, is that really fair? Yeah, it is. <laughs> of course it is. Of course. My, both of my kids have gone on trips weekends away with friends and I've never thought like, oh, is that fair for them to go alone? My husband travels solo or with friends often. 
never once has my reaction toward those things been, oh, that's selfish. And again, it comes down to when these things are not a financial burden on our house. Like this is not me saying like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to spend the money we need to pay for our mortgage on yeah. that. Those are different things. But it is hard to change the thinking from this is selfish to I am valuable. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I like th- I like this conversation. Here's my next one. I have a greater appreciation for my parents. Yeah. I think I actually learned that many, many years ago. Uh-huh. Um, probably my late my late 20s, early 30s, of course, when I had a baby. Um, but I just, as I get older and older, like I have such a greater appreciation for them and everything that they've been through. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just... It's not only just my parents, so I just feel like I have a greater appreciation for, like, a lot of things in general that, like, I probably took for granted for many, many years. Sure. So, uh, why do you think this is a double-edged sword to uh, have an appreciation for your parents? Well, I agree with you. I started to appreciate my parents when I had kids, as I was an adult, as I started to rely on them more as an emotional support than, like, financially keeping me alive in my childhood Mm -hmm. my Mm -hmm. mom and I had a tough relationship in our teens very basic uh mother-daughter stuff nothing traumatic but we did not get along and it wasn't until my 20s that we started to but the older I get and the more I appreciate them time keeps marching on and the reality of having aging parents and my parents would hate to hear me say that (laughs) But it's scary. It's scary to realize that there's an expiration on all of this. And I remember at the beginning of COVID, my mom, I had called and said, do you need me to drop something off? You know, because we were like, don't go to the grocery store. Don't leave your house. And she said, no, the, the neighbors have actually kind of taken it upon themselves to help some of us out. She goes, you know, because I'm so elderly (laughs) and but the reality was like you know when you think about it in that regard it's it's just scary I think that's the harder thing is there's going to come a time in the next several years where the roles flip a little bit and I know your parents are younger than mine a little bit but that's that's just scary the the appreciation for them and the reality that Time marches on, stresses me out a little bit. It does. And, you know, my mom died about five years ago, four or five years ago. And that was very tough, very tough. I was Mm -hmm. not um, prepared for that. Um, And as we go on like you said like there is an expiration and it's it's a harsh reality to kind of um acknowledge i think mm-hmm. um that is not an upside of being 40 no i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> uh, but no but it's a it's realistic though you know it's yeah. like we have this greater appreciation for our parents but we don't it it sucks that we could not come to that as like a teenager or a 20-year-old because then you I think there's so much more time to enjoy your parents when you have an appreciation for them 
you know? Yeah, it's sad to think about the time that you missed with Mm -hmm. them. Totally. And I don't know about you, but, you know, we both have 14-year-olds. And um, I have a, I think, pretty typical relationship with my teenager. You know, he has his moments where he thinks we're ridiculous. But he hasn't hit the point where he hates us. And I hope he doesn't. But he hasn't hit the point where, you know, he takes us for granted, I don't think, to... An unreasonable extent. I think all children take their parents for granted, as they should. They shouldn't have the weight of the world on their shoulders. But I do sometimes sit around waiting for the other shoe to drop and wondering, you know, if we'll have that split in our relationship where for many, many years it's not until he's an adult that that comes back. I don't know. And I I don't think there's anything you can do about it. I think that's just the way relationships with children and parents are. They have. I don't. But is it, though? Like, I would love to know if there are, like, people out there who've had great, loving relationships with their parents since they were teenagers. I mean, I don't think our my relationship was ever not loving. It was just I uh, did not appreciate them. It was one-sided. They loved me more than I appreciated them. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I don't know if I want that relationship with my own daughter. You know what I mean? I don't want years to go by where, like, I just love her unconditionally and she hates me for living, you know? Yeah. Uh, Of course. I I don't want that either. I just wonder if it's coming. I I think at some point kids do need to break away from their parents and discover themselves on their own. I just hope it can come with you can be your own complete human and still have a positive relationship with your parents. There's got to be. There's Yes, I think that's absolutely feasible. Somebody somebody show me the light. Show me that right. it, that it can exist. Right. What else? So this is kind of something that goes along with several of things that you said, but in my 40s I have more time to be myself Mm -hmm. I'm not I don't have small children in the house and so as much as my time still is very much dependent on the needs of my family I do feel like I have a little bit of space and time and freedom to spread my wings a little bit and be my own person and that feels really nice that is nice I was yesterday I was walking around Michael's craft store. We were there for something and I was like we walked down the paint aisle and I was like, Oh my god, I need to paint. I need yeah. just need to I need a creative outlet. Like mm-hmm. this is a creative outlet for us, I think. But like mm-hmm. I need another creative outlet or I go, my head's gonna explode. Like and I it's such a place of like privilege, I feel like. But um I just I'm, like, yearning Mm -hmm. for just being in a space where it feels good and feels like me. And, yeah. Are there things for you that you feel like are hard no matter how old you are? Like what? Uh, For me, I feel like making friends gets harder the older you get. Yes, I would agree with that. I have seen my friend groups dwindle, not due to broken friendships, just because a lot of the ways in which I made friends 
have changed. You know, mm-hmm. I, you make friends at school and then you make friends at work and I don't have a place where I go to work. And then you make friends based on your kids' friends and then your kids start growing up and you don't spend time in the play date setting anymore and the parents are much less needed and just not around and in many cases you don't even necessarily know your kids' friends because they're the people they hang out with at school. And so... I've seen the people that I'm friends with, those numbers have really gone down. And I'm I'm okay with I'm not like, oh, I need friends. I mean, I I'm okay with the friends that we do have, but I wouldn't know how to go out and make friends and meet people now. Yes, you would. Where would I even go? It's the outlet. You don't have an outlet. You're saying that you're not capable of making friends. Yes, you are. You just don't well, that's no. what I mean. I think I'm yeah. capable of making friends if I had, but I don't feel like I have the outlet anymore. I don't. Yeah. Those opportunities, I think, I don't think they have to dwindle, but the way I currently live my life, you know, I made friends when I took tennis lessons and yeah. I made friends, but I'm not currently doing anything and my life very much centers around my house. And, you know, it was funny. Is when you had COVID the week after I kind of like self-isolated and I had to cancel one thing. But I was like, I didn't, it didn't change my life at all. (laughs) I was like, I don't feel like I'm not doing anything because I'm still doing all of my normal things and all of my normal things are at home. And yeah, that, that was an interesting realization that my life did not change by not going anywhere. I just, I... It's funny that you say that because I think I would be this. I mean, like the week I had COVID, if I didn't tell you I had COVID, like I don't think anybody would have like been like, hey, where are you? You right. know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I understand. And I, there's part of me that is like feeling like, oh, I need more friends. I need more friends. You know, I have a small group of friends um, who I very much care for. And I, oh, it's always a conversation to me to be like, invest more in that, invest mm-hmm. more in that, mm-hmm. more time in that, more energy in, in those. That's and, a great point. You know, like it's, that's going to, like, I don't need 5,000 Facebook friends. Like, I don't, no. I don't care. You no. know, um, I don't, I don't like small chit chat. Like I don't need acquaintances. Like mm-hmm. I will always be cordial and pleasant but like I don't need all those up in my life Mm -hmm. so for me like the handful of friends that I do have like I just really need to focus in on on um, investing in that but I this is where it gets like weird is that like sometimes I feel like that is not returned always and then it Mm -hmm. feels kind of isolating I, or, lo- or lonely. Yeah. This yeah, was or... supposed to be like us. Uh, <laughs> this is great about being 40. Woo woo. Oh my God. I'm wah, sorry. Wah. I'm sorry. I'm no. sorry. These are, I, look, I feel like these are conversations that women in our mid 40s, your early 40s, I'm now late 40s, <laughs> we're not having. Nobody's having these conversations. I don't think. Well, that. Honestly, I keep thinking about what you just said, investing in the friendships that you do have, because you're right. I don't need more friends, but could the friendships I have be deeper and stronger? And could I be making more of an effort? Yeah. 
that's I think that's something to think about. So start there. So just yeah. start there. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. going to say like don't make a pro and con list for like your friends or anything, but I would just like, you know, check in on them. Yeah. I'm not trying to give like advice here cuz I don't even take my own advice, but I'm not a good reacher outer in friendships. Yes, you are. No, I mean in our friendship, but I don't think in <laughs> Hey, you know what? We don't need anybody else. It's you and me, I ride or die, right? babe. That's just. <laughs> but I'm sorry, I won't go on a cruise with you. <laughs> I tried so hard. I have cruise credit left over from March 2020, and look, I'm not really interested in anyone's opinion on cruises, okay? Because people have really strong ones, and you can feel however you want to feel, and it's fine if you think they're disgusting. I happen to enjoy them. And they have extended the cruise credit multiple times, originally to the end of 2020 and then the end of 2021 and now the end of 2022. And I was like, well, I got to book something. So I tried to get Wendy to go with me, but friendship does not supersede motion sickness. Yes. And that is what it comes down to. It is not about like my opinion about a cruise because I've never been on one. It's simply because I know I'm going to be motion sick the entire time. Yeah, that would be miserable. And and maybe, like, the people are listening and they're like, ah, get a patch, take a boning, whatever. Like, uh, trust me, I know that those remedies exist, but the anxiety that I feel, like, going, what if they don't help and then I am sick for seven days and then Megan is miserable and I am barfing and no, can't do it. No, it's not worth the anxiety, for sure, for sure. So maybe I'm going by myself, though. Wendy goes, is that safe? I was like, well, is I'm probably alone safe? with my children. How is that different? I don't want you to fall over the side of a cruise ship oh and then nobody goodness. knows that you're missing. Well, That's what worries me. I'm not going to be Titanicing it off the front end of the ship. <laughs> oh, speaking of Titanic. Yes. This is super random, but yesterday we went to Bowers Muse- Museum in Santa oh, yes. Ana. And currently right now they have an, uh, an exhibit called, like, Disney jewels or crown jewels or something like that. They have the Titanic necklace there. Oh. The big, like, blue and the diamond. Heart of the ocean. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Yeah, it's on display. It was pretty cool. I think I made that up. I think the heart of the ocean is from Moana, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's exciting. Yeah, super exciting. That's all. All right. Titanic. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and come right back to talk Megan and Wendy approved. It is time for Megan and Wendy Approved, where we each share something we've been loving lately. And let me tell you, if there ever were two more appropriate items for an episode about being old, (laughs) I just love these. Go ahead, Wendy. Listen, I follow Go Clean Co. on Instagram, and I'm telling you, she has been like hawking this Bissell Zing power canister vacuum for as long as I can remember since 2020. And I've got suckered in and bought it because I was like, I'm going to need it for my post construction cleanup. And it is the best thing I've ever purchased. It was $60. It's lightweight. Yes. It's it has a long cord on it. It sucks like you wouldn't believe. It's amazing. Do I need a new vacuum? Dude, it doesn't have 
it doesn't have like a beater on the um on the like vacuum sucker part of it so right. it's not so you can't use it on carpets but i just installed a lot of hardwood into my house my entire downstairs and is hardwood. I know. So hardwood, and then you can, like, use the two little attachments, and, like, it sucks up everything. You could use it for your car. It's amazing. I thought my husband would kill me if he saw another vacuum in this house. Mine, but too. He was like, hey, this looks pretty good. Yeah. How many times do you have to plug it in in your downstairs? Uh, I haven't done the downstairs yet. I've only done it upstairs, but let me think about it at your house. You're going to have to plug it in like probably three times. It has a long core, but it's not like, you know, it's not doing like a 4,000 square foot house from one outlet. And by the way, my house is not 4,000 square feet, but um, I have a, we have a shark that I like. I just, what I wish, I the unicorn vacuum that I want is a cordless vacuum that actually works because I have a cordless vacuum and I it's a cheap one but I think they all eventually just don't work very well because I I hate I'm so lazy when I say this to my husband his eyes almost roll out of his head I don't like moving the cord I find it super annoying to have to (laughs) unplug the vacuum and move the cord multiple times as I vacuum because I have to do it three or four times with our shark just to get into all the little areas yeah and I don't want to do it, but I just think that cordless vacuums aren't good. I don't. I might be convinced with this bis- Bissell, though. Okay, here's the best thing about it. So you you step on a button and the cord recoils all by Ooh, itself. So I don't like have to that. wrap a cord. Nothing. I mm-hmm. love it. Love it. I like that. Well, in to secure my AARP membership, <laughs> my approved item is the Tivana Beach Bellini Herbal Tea, caffeine-free. They sell it at Target. They sell it at the grocery store. It's a very tropical, scented, and flavored tea. It's very light. I've only made it iced, and it's delicious. I was going to say, like, you don't drink that hot, do you? I don't think I would enjoy yeah, a tropical either. hot tea. No. <laughs> But I made it iced, and it was delicious. Well, Just, I ex- it I ex- feels like summer. Oh, uh, who are you? Look, I like the trappings of summer. I just don't like the weather of summer. I, get I like you. bright colors and tropical flavored drinks and the idea of a beach vacation. I just don't like the being hot that comes along with it. Yeah, I got yeah, I got yeah. Well, I expect someone the next time I come over. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you like this episode, please do not click away. Listen to what I'm asking you to do. We love your reviews. We have a ton of new listeners. If you like the podcast, please click through to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. It helps us out so much. It takes about one minute. Wendy even has a full blog post about how to do it if you need the help. And it helps people find our podcast. And really, it makes us feel good. So A hundred percent. That is part of it. When I look and there's no new reviews, I do feel a little deflated. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. We'll see you next Tuesday. Goodbye. Bye.